0: Rise on time. It's butt-whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports from the preps. It's not one, but it's two back-to-back state titles for the Goodland Cowgirls. To the pros. Kick on the way. It is up. And good! It's good! The Wildcats are champions of the Big Twelve. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Let's not go. And now he's drilled deep to left field, going back for a show, turning, looking, see ya. A two-run home run for Lewis, and just like that, the Twins are up two nothing. There's a ground ball. Diving stop by Solano. And he flips to Duran. They win! 18 is enough! The Twins get a postseason win! And they lead the Wild Park Series one game to nothing! And he pulls that one down the left field line and a diving catch made by Evan Carter! Pretty well hit, but that should end the ball game. Tavares the catch! And game one of this wild card series goes to the Texas Rangers. Swing and a high fly ball. Well struck out towards left center field. That one on its way and gone. Over the bullpen. Moreno, a solo homer. And the Diamondbacks have the lead. It's 4-3. Brewers down a run. Line drive. Oh, what a catch. Longo. One, it's going to get down and go to the wall. Harper, he's being held, he runs through that sign, and he's safe. And Castellanos into third. Boy, Woffin put his hands up and Harper said, yellow light, I'm going through it, and he scores the fourth run for Philadelphia. Ah, what a great night of postseason baseball it was. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. Glad you're with us on the Morning Blitz. Broadcasting course live on... 1025 U Rock, simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri State. Of course, also online at NWKSRadio.net and the Rockingham app. Happy Wednesday morning. It's a beautiful morning out there. Uh, temperatures in the upper 40s, the coolest morning we've experienced in a very long time. On our way to a high of 70 here on this Wednesday. Also, a little breeze out of the north to make it even a little bit cooler out, but a nice, cool, crisp fall morning outside here to get your wednesday going uh just want to remind you folks that if you didn't grab a jacket i'm gonna grab a light jacket as you step outside your door today but as always we're ready to go here on the morning blitz we'd love to hear from you throughout the program the number 785-899-2222 the number to be a part of the morning blitz with our text line get us your thoughts your comments your questions opinions anything on that. Today's program, we'll be visiting with Goodland Girls head golf coach Connie Livengood. We'll be visiting with her as the Cowgirls continue to make their way closer and closer to the postseason, coming off a runner-up finish at the GWAC uh, League uh, tournament here a couple days ago. We'll visit with her about that, and we'll get the thoughts on uh, going forward into uh, regional golf, and also, of course, uh, talk about the postseason, hopefully the chances of the Cowgirls possibly making it. Into the state tournament as a team. So we'll get to all that coming up here on today's program, as well as the college football Power Five. That's coming up a little bit later on as well. But I want to start off first and foremost talking about yesterday and some playoff baseball. Yesterday, I have, I admit, folks, I, I love the game of baseball. It was one of my favorite games growing up and playing, but it's not one of my favorite games to watch, particularly late in the season and by that I mean in July and in August it's not one of my favorites I mean it's, it's major league it just it's not my cup of tea it's there's too many games I've said this a thousand times before I just believe there are too many games in a major league baseball season 162 is way too many it just I understand that it is a marathon it's not a sprint I totally get that But at the same time, I still feel like you can have a really good quality season if you cut the season down by about 40 games or so. Make them all worth a little bit more. And the reason why I bring that up is because yesterday, the crowds, the atmospheres, the games were highly, highly entertaining. Uh, and watching and, and kind of, you know, not following each game extremely close, but uh, except for the Diamondback game, obviously. But, you know, watching the other three games off and on, just kind of following along. I mean, there were some great, great games uh, yesterday in Major League Baseball. And there's so much riding on it because they're three game series and it's win or go home. And I'm not saying you're going to have that type of experience or that kind of feeling in 120 or 162 games. You're not. But I mean, it's. There's just a different feel when there's playoff baseball right now because it feels like almost everything hangs on a certain pitch or a certain defensive play. Everything gets ramped up 100%, and it's, it's such a flip. I mean, think about it. It's such a flip because you go from, you know, throughout the season, uh, you know, we're, we're here, we're, we're, we're close, we're, we're, are we going to make it? Uh, okay, we're going to make it, or hey, we've already clinched. It's it's just there's so much time to decide the postseason, and then you finally get to the postseason. It's a complete 180 flip where now you had 162 games to try putting. Now it is a sprint. Now you've got to put it all together, and you only have if you're in the wild card round a best of three series. You got to take two out of three. And there were some, like I said, some very entertaining games yesterday. I mean the. The, 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 it all got started with the Twins picking up a 3-1 win over the Blue Jays. And the storyline there where the Twins was Royce Lewis hit not one but two home runs. He accounted for all three RBIs for the Twins in this 3-1 victory. And he was the storyline because he goes out there and, uh, and he helps Minnesota put into what was an 18-game postseason losing streak. I mean, Royce Lewis was the age of five. The last time the Twins won a playoff game. And so it was that big of a deal and you could feel it in the crowd when they got that early lead in the bottom of the first with a two-run jack from Lewis and he hit another one in the third and they got a great performance um, on the bump from Pablo Lopez uh, for Minnesota who went five and two-thirds gave up just a run on five hits with three K's. He was, he was really, really good. But the Twins get themselves a victory and have finally snapped that ugly 18 consecutive postseason loss streak. So that was exciting to kick things off, and the crowd there in Minnesota was great. The second game of the day was probably the biggest snoozer. The Rangers beat the Rays 4-0. It was not a very good crowd there at Tropicana Field. The Rays are a team that if they win a game today, they'll have 100 wins on the season. You would not be able to tell by the crowd that they have there at the Trop. Um, It's just not a very great crowd, and uh, the Rangers played some phenomenal defense and probably got the pitching performance of... Of the first day, to be honest with you, out of Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery goes out there, throws seven strong innings, six hits, not a single run, five strikeouts, not even a walk. Jordan Montgomery was fantastic picking up the win. And they got some also some great plays uh, out of their defense. Evan Carter made a diving play out in left field. They got some great defensive plays to the Texas Rangers. And, you know, the Rays kind of were sloppy. They had some sloppy defensive mistakes out in the outfield at first base. Uh, I mean, four errors are going to not lead to a lot of success. So, four uh, nothing, the Rangers win, and what was kind of like I said, the snoozer game of the day. Then you had the Diamondbacks and the Brewers, which I think was the most entertaining game by far. Uh, the Brewers get up three nothing on Arizona's rookie starter Brandon Fott, but then the Diamondbacks answer back in the third inning with a solo, sh- or, sorry, two run blast from Corbin Carroll and then a solo shot from uh, Cattell Marte to tie the ball game up, and then they would take the lead in the fourth inning on what would be a Gabby Moreno homer as well. I mean, the Diamondbacks had just a total of nine hits, but I think of the nine hits, the ones that they, there were four hits that that resulted in runs scored in what was a 6-3 final. There were four hits that were the hardest hit balls of the day. You know, over hundred and two, hundred and three off the bat, and so the Diamondbacks come from behind, beat the Brewers in Milwaukee, uh, and for this Diamondback fan, it was it was unbelievably exciting. It was great, and here's the thing: it was it was awesome. Uh, this is this, is, but I have to admit, this is why I probably don't follow postseason baseball um, a whole lot because I don't know if my body could honestly take it if my team was in the postseason every single... And it probably would be better if I was more used to it, but this is the first time that my team is in the postseason since 2017. And I'm like I'm sitting there hanging on every pitch, uh, on every defensive play, which there were some amazing ones made by Evan Longoria. One of them saved in a bases-load opportunity was an amazing stab, and then I a throw to second for a double play to get out of a bases-loaded jam. And then overall, after that, He had another diving play down the third baseline. Didn't quite get the throw over to first. Still, though, a really good game Uh, and a phenomenal play. And Christian Walker had an absolute crush missile out to center field to give them lead or to to, uh, extend their lead in the top of the ninth, which was huge for some extra insurance runs. So it's 6 3, the final. Diamondbacks get the win over the Milwaukee Brewers. Their first uh, playoff win since 2017 and their first time in the playoffs. So that was exciting for me. But like I said, I, I don't think I could do that every single year. I'd have to get more used to it because that was a lot. <laughs> that's what I mean by the excitement of postseason baseball. Everything hanging on, a pitch, a hit, a run, a stolen base, every play. That's what makes it great. You just don't get that feeling through regular season because there's just so many games. And if you lose a game, ah, you know, it's all right. We'll get the next one. Something like that. It's, it's not the same now it's about winning or going home and as for the Phillies and Marlins that was the late game Phillies dominated Phillies were in front of an absolute crazy crowd last night there in Philadelphia no surprise uh, Zach Wheeler was great six and two-thirds five hits a run eight strikeouts for Zach Wheeler uh, to lead the Phillies uh, Casta- or Castellanos with a couple of hits Trey Turner with a pair of hits uh, runs scored from Bryce Harper, as you heard in the highlight reel there uh, coming in to score, completely ignoring the, the, the break sign, just blew right by it, went in and scored. <laughs> uh, and made it 4-1, Philadelphia over Miami. So, yeah, I, I said, it was an exciting night of baseball. Tonight's, and this afternoon, is, is game two of the series. Um, Ten out of the 12 previous times in these game three wild card series, the team that wins the first game ends up winning uh, the series. We'll see if that stands true in any of the games here. Uh, and we'll see if we get any sweeps. We'll find out more. But like I said, very, very entertaining night of baseball. And I give credit to uh, Major League Baseball for the rule changes that definitely helped. Games were done by 9 o'clock Mountain Time. All four games were done. Uh, the pace of play was impressive. Uh, you know, I love the stolen bases. I didn't really see a ton of stolen bases in the postseason, at least day one. I saw some attempts that were not successful. Uh, but I did, I did not see successful uh, space-stealing attempts. But I uh, like the rule changes for baseball. I just have always been on the thought that there are just 100. The 162 games is way too many. Don't need that many ball games. Just don't need that many. Make each game count mean a little bit more like it does in the postseason because postseason baseball means a lot. And I'm not saying that 120 games is going to give it that postseason feel. It won't, but it might make it a little bit better. Because I honestly believe when you get to Major League Baseball and you get into the months of late July, August, you know, fans have kind of checked out. Some teams are really good, like the Braves, for example. They've locked up. You know, they're, they're, they're in cruise control mode at that point in time, that final month of the season. There are a few teams that are trying to figure out a few spots, uh, but some teams are locked in. Some teams are completely out of it, like the Royals and the Rockies are. And maybe I'd be a little bit more into this longer season if the Rockies and the Royals were actually worth something, but they're not. And so when we follow them, you know, their seasons are usually done in June <laughs> before the All-Star break. But we'll see. I, I just I, I would love to see them shorten the season up and get more of the feels like we had for postseason baseball because that was a fun fun day yesterday and a fun night. Uh, and I would probably be saying a different, singing a different tune uh, if the Diamondbacks ended up losing yesterday. But I have to give credit to all four games. They were exciting. The atmospheres were great. I'm uh, excited to see what happens here today with multiple games getting going today. Once again, at one o'clock Mountain Time, with the Twins. It's one o'clock Mountain, two Central Time. I think it's Twins. Actually, no, I want to double check my schedule here. Make sure I get this right. I don't think the Twins played first. I think it's the Rays that play first. I'll double check my schedule. Let's see here. Pull it up. Where are we at? Let's go. Uh, one o'clock. Yeah, one o'clock Mountain, two Central Time. Rangers, Rays, followed by Blue Jays, Twins at two or at two thirty, three thirty. And then you've got six and five for Diamondbacks, Brewers, and seven six for Marlins, Phillies for wildcard baseball. Very exciting. All right, we're uh, 722. Uh, before we get to break, I want to highlight a couple of local sports things uh, from yesterday. Uh, congratulations to Quinter Boys and Girls Cross Country. They're one of the top programs in the state. If you don't know, when they released the rankings, the state rankings, Quinter are one of the top five programs, boys and girls on both sides, and they showed it yesterday at the Northwest Kansas League cross-country meet at Sharon Springs. Quinter taking home first in both the boys' and girls' team's standings. Goodland cross-country ran yesterday down at Cimarron's Bird Dog Invite. Uh, Cowgirls ended up placing third behind Jacelyn Gable, who led the way. She had a third-place finish individually. And the Cowboys, they did not place. The team didn't have enough runners, but they did have two top-ten finishers, though. And Jace Keene, who finished seventh, and Diego De La Cruz, that finished in ninth. So some volleyball from last night. It was an interesting day in Oberlin, to say the very least, with a tornado warning and stuff that was south-southeast of Oberlin. Uh, there was volleyball going on, and then had to go down inside the locker room into the tunnels of the Decatur Committee High School gymnasium. Uh, so there was some interesting day. But Goodland Volleyball, able to weather the storm, pun intended, and uh, able to come out with a Trio of victories up there in Oberlin. They swept Decatur the Community. They swept Rollins County, and then they won three sets to one, or sorry, two sets to one. Excuse me, in three over Hitchcock County, Nebraska. They pick up three wins. Big bounce back there for the Cowgirls who struggled in their last couple of stops. Remember, they swept the competition at home uh, about ten days ago. Then on Thursday, lost both their matches down at Holcomb. Then went to go play in the, uh, then went and played in a tournament over in, uh, not Russell, I was trying to think of where they went, not Great Bend either. They went and played another tournament in Scott City, there we go, and uh, struggled, lost all but one match down there, now came back and had a pretty solid showing uh, against uh, some smaller schools, albeit, but nonetheless picking up three victories uh, yesterday up in Oberlin, also, a very good day for Colby. They sent their seniors out with the win on Senior Night. Uh, Lady Eagles swept both St. Francis and Logan Palco pretty easily. Win easy wins there. Saney won the other match of the night. They sweep Logan Palco in straight sets. And then also the quint or sorry the Dighton Quad. A great showing from Wallace County. Wallace County picking up three victories, including one over Greeley County, who's one of the good upstart programs in smaller division volleyball. They went two and one to the Lady Jackrabbits. Uh, Quinter went 1-2, and two. Dighton would go 0-3 oh at their own Dighton Quad. And in local sports today, for the second time this season, the Colby Community College volleyball team had a pair of ladies named to the KJCCC Players of the Week list. Uh, libero Lily Pichon was named the Defensive Player of the Week, 55 digs and six sets last week. And then setter Anna Gazero was the setter of the week, 30 assists against Dodge City, 38 against Seward County once again that's a bit it was a big week for Colby last week as they went 2-0 with wins over DC3 and Seward uh, Colby by the way back on the floor tonight on the road they go to Concordia to face Cloud County uh, for a match here tonight now I was going to look up real quickly what the standings are I haven't taken a peek at the KJCCC volleyball standings real quick we're gonna take a look at those real fast on the west side Barton Sitting at the top with an eight and one conference record, Hutchinson behind them at seven and two, Butler then at the three at the three spot with a four and three record, and then you've got Colby at five and four, uh, right after that. But Cloud and Colby, it's a big match tonight because Cloud is right behind them at four and four, and Cloud has won four in a row, so they're they're coming in a little bit hot. Colby's won two in a row; they're starting to pick things up after a little bit of a lull. We'll see what happens tonight up there in Concordia, but right now if you're if you're colby you're, you're trying to kind of position yourself to get into that three spot i think it's be very hard to catch hutchinson and i don't think you're gonna catch barton uh but you could definitely surpass butler if you could kind of get in a little bit of a heater here towards the end of the season and looking at colby's schedule after tonight they've got pratt they should be able to get a win then a big match against butler a week from today then you've got hutch garden barton and dodge which will be a couple of tough games mixed in there as well uh coming up but nonetheless uh Opportunities uh, are in front of the Colby Lady Eagle Volley, or sorry, the Colby Lady Trojan Volleyball team. Excuse me, as they go tonight up to Cloud County. Uh, and then before we get to break, I had a chance to listen to Chris Kleiman uh, visit with the media yesterday, and I I, I guess I have kind of found it interesting to listen to Coach Kleiman and get his thoughts just going into the week games. And I just remember going into the U or was it the UCF game. I think that's was the last I think that was the last game for Kansas State. I'll make sure I get that right. I could be wrong there, but I think that was the last because they had a bye week. And uh, listening to Coach Kleiman after the UCF win, we're going into the UCF game. Just remember hearing him say, you know, gosh, we're banged up, you know, Will Howard is is dinged up, Trishon Ward is dinged up, we just lost Daniel Green. He was he was down, and understandably so, going into a very tough game against UCF. Uh, listening to him after a bye week and getting a chance for his team to reset and refresh, uh, he sounds like a different coach. Uh, he sounds like he's you know excited for uh, this, of course, excited for Friday Night's contest, once again, a Friday night game at Oklahoma State. But I think he's excited for this game because I think he feels like his team is getting back into health. Uh, he loved the fact that he got his guys out, his younger guys that don't get to play a whole lot out onto the field during the bye week and got some practice for them so that they can continue to develop. Uh, but I think he loved the fact that they got a week to just work on themselves and practice and even more importantly, get some guys healed up so that they can be ready to go for this push because there's not a bye the rest of the way. They got to push it all the way until Thanksgiving weekend when they uh, host Iowa State from this point forward. But I think it was... A refreshing buy to once again get your key pieces, as particularly Will Howard, your quarterback, um, put back into you know get him back into the mix of things and make sure that he's doing well and getting other guys healed up that have been dinged up from the first few weeks of the season. All right, we're at seven twenty nine Mountain, eight twenty nine Central time. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we'll visit with Connie Livengood, Head girls golf coach for Goodland High School. Look for visiting with her about the season that they've had to this point in time and what to expect heading into the postseason here in a week or so. You're listening to The Morning Blitz.